0: We're talking this month about creativity, and last week we had an introduction to the idea of creative confidence, that ability to really know that that universal creativity is here for us and available to us at any given time, that we don't have to search for creativity, we don't have to somehow manufacture it, but rather it's literally here on our side working through us to the degree that we allow it. And today I want to talk... uh, some more about that, but I think where I want to start is talking about some of the things that stand in the way of our creativity. We all know that when the creative juices are flowing in us, we are capable of such amazing things whether it be uh, acts of creativity artistry, such as we just uh, witnessed, for instance, uh, musical artistry, or whether it's uh, creativity in our relationships, creativity at work, we know that when we're in the zone, when we're feeling that, that muse, if you will, we're unstoppable, and that the efforts that we put out not only are of high quality, uh, but it is like a song. It's it feels almost effortless when we're in that zone. If only we were in that zone all the time, <laughs> right? I want to start off with telling a, a a story about Stephen King. So, who's familiar with Steve, Stephen King, the the author? And, and and I know he's not to everyone's taste, but you you have to admit he's almost an icon in the literary uh, uh, celestial. Uh, stratosphere that that is american and in particular horror fiction and they redo all of his uh, books into movies of course and all that stuff what if i were to tell you that in his early career he was so worried about the quality of his writing that he wrote six books not even under his own name yeah He came out with a couple really famous books, high quality, The Shining was one of them. I I can't remember them all by heart, but he came out with a couple bestsellers under Stephen King, and then he wrote three or four other books under the name of Richard Bachman, I think was his pseudonym. One of them was Thinner, one of them was The Running Man. And he did not feel they were all that creative. He hid them in a sense. It's like the creative juices couldn't be stopped, if you know what I mean. It's like, no. In fact, he's one of those people that says he has to write every day. So, So the creativity, the juices are there. And yet there was something in him that came up against that blank page of creativity. This just isn't good enough. I'm not good enough. So I want to tell you, first of all, this is not an uncommon feeling. That fear of not being good enough, not doing well enough, that idea that our creative efforts maybe aren't stellar enough or shy enough. And I'm also here to tell you, that's my message, that we need to keep on going anyway. Right? It's like our creativity should not be shut down or suppressed. Now, years later, of course, those same novels have been published, republished under his existing name, and, uh, and they're still on the bestseller charts, right? They may have represented some inadequacy to him. And that's where I want to start today. Who's our harshest critic? Right? Right? Absolutely. So one of the things, if nothing else, that we learn from the Stephen King story is just that our efforts are probably amazingly good and when we start criticizing them, when we start finding faults with our creativity, whether it's in our, uh, how we raise our children, our creativity at work, its whether it's the creativity we exercise out in our yard or, or in other places in our lives, when we start nitpicking them to death, when we start trying to view them through the eyes of uh, some standard of perfection, of course we find ourselves lacking. But are we really lacking? you see, we're not. So who here is like an American Idol kind of fan? All right. Now think about this for a minute. I think it was Ameri- I, I was In fact, I got confused. Not that I ever get confused. But I, I, I was confused the other day. I read this article and I read it all the way through and I thought it was American Idol, but it was actually the other thing that's just singing. The voice, the voice that's it. 17,000... People applied to be on the Voice. Now, first of all, I got to tell you, if you don't have a voice, if you're not a pretty good singer, guess what? You don't even get to be one of those seventeen thousand people. You don't even get right. You don't. Even, they don't even audition to you because you have to send them some tapes and evidence that you're already a fabulous singer. So, so to even be one of the seventeen thousand people of which what we get to see. Ten of them on TV, right? So ten out of seventeen thousand people are somehow perfect enough to be on TV. So they're all cr- so. So the what, I, my math is faulty today, but the sixteen thousand nine hundred and whatever it is are crummy singers, right? Of course they're not. They're fabulous singers. But do you see how we do that to ourselves? unless we think that our first novel can be on the bestseller list unless we think that our yard can be featured in home and garden unless we, we unless we think that whatever creative aspect it is that we're endeavoring unless we think we can be in that stratospheric you know ability to be on TV we've trained ourselves to just think well i guess it's just not very good then But do you see it's all in our heads? Ultimately, the only person that has to be happy with our creativity is ourselves. And ultimately, it is through our self-confidence, it is through that creative confidence that we embolden ourselves to at least apply to be one of the 17,000, right? Because that's the first step is that confidence in us that says, yes, I have some talent. I am joyous. I am good at being uh, whatever it is, at work or at home or where we volunteer. I am actually quite, quite good at this. And the creative juices in me are alive, and often I feel that I'm in the zone. And the next part of this is, the only thing that can turn off that creativity ultimately is you yourself? It's you when you find out you don't get to be one of the 17,000. It's you when you discover that your first writing effort was darn good, but not good enough to be, right? It's our, we judge ourselves so harshly, and even on our first efforts. So let us think for a moment of first efforts. Who here? learned how to ride a bicycle when you were like, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years old. Okay, most of us. So were we ready for the Tour de France? <laughs> now think about this for a minute. Most of us learned for our parents, right? So, So little Larry jets off and i remember the training i was kind of ashamed of the training wheels but i knew i needed them and so little larry's zipping down the driveway and of course do i even make it to the end of the driveway i didn't now what happened did my father say oh my gosh that was dreadful you poor kid let's just uh I bet we can give that bike away to someone else because obviously you and it are destined for nothing. Of course we don't do that to a child. We run up and we give him a hug. And and so the next time, I still remember, not only did I have my training wheels, but my dad's hand was on the back of the bike as we went down the driveway. And so because of that, I managed to get to the end. And it was like applause and love and encouragement, right? Because that, that, my friends, is what our first efforts at creativity Deserve. That's what our first effort at learning how to oil paint deserves. It deserves to have someone cheering you. It deserves to have someone excited and embellion because you have achieved something amazing in your first efforts. And whether it's your first time doing crafting or your first effort at planting a spring garden or or whatever it is, there there should... I, I mean, I wish I could be there with you, right? Giving you that encouragement. We all... We all deserve that. And who is the one person who's going to be there for sure that could give it to us? It's ourselves. So it's not just that we should cease being overly critical. In fact, it's us who can be our greatest sponsor, our our greatest person to say, oh my God, look at this effort. This is amazing. You took this from zero to 600 you you created this level of beauty. Now, does it mean you're going to be one of the 17,000 people who are going to be on TV? Gosh, I hope if it's your first effort that the actors actually know. Because part of the pleasure of an activity or a hobby or an artistry is getting better at it. That's actually part of the deal. It's part of the joy. It's part of the pleasure. It's what comes from practice. It comes, that's what comes from putting yourself out there and being willing to fail now and then. So the other reason people don't try to be creative is they fear of failing at it. Now, many of you have heard the Thomas Edison story, so I'm not going to tell you about the, the billion experiments he had to create electricity and light bulbs, but I do want to focus in on light bulbs for just a minute. Because today, well, actually, we've moved up in the world. I think only our stage lights are still using tungsten filaments. I think the rest of us are LED and we're all <laughs> modern, but still for most of the world, it's illuminated by tungsten filaments. And that was, I can't even remember, the the number is something like the 5,483rd thing that Edison in the laboratory used was the tungsten filament, and we owe electricity and, and our illumination to that experiment. But you know what? He discovered two other filaments that worked almost as well on the way. Now think about this for a minute. Would you or I have just stopped At the first one? The first one, believe it or not, was bamboo. Now think about this (laughs) bamboo as the filament in our electric light bulbs. And you know why it worked so well? It conducts a current well, but not too well. So the electricity could go across the bamboo, and it actually, though, the bamboo over time would burn up. And so ultimately, that was what made Edison think, well, maybe we work on some more examples. But think for a moment of what they were used to at the time. How did illumination happen before the electric light bulb? Lamps had to be trimmed Candles burned down to nothing. There wasn't a source of illumination, really, that lasted without ongoing effort for more than a few hours. The bamboo filament lasted three days. This was huge. And Edison said, this is just an early effort. Do you see where I'm going with this? We don't stop with our first great idea. We don't stop with the idea that the first thing we create is is perfect or should be perfect. The first things out of the uh, out of the creative factories of your brain often are are interesting and and wonderful and sometimes they solve problems and they're not the end of your creativity. Often often in fact they're just the beginning, which leads me to today's joke. All right, so an airliner is flying across the Pacific Ocean, one of those long flights across the Pacific, and the pilot comes on the PA system. Well, folks, we have some bad news. Don't be upset, don't be concerned, but one of the engines has failed. And so, as a result, we still got three more. It's not a crisis, but we will be delayed about 30 minutes. So, a bit later, about another hour into the five, six hour flight across the Pacific, uh, back on the PA system, I'm afraid I have some more bad news. The second engine failed. Now, now again, no alarm. Uh, planes can do fine even with just one engine. We've got two, but it means we have to fly lower. It's going to mean a longer delay. So just so you know. Then about an hour further, back on the PA system, and this time you could kind of hear it in the pilot's voice a little bit, kind of a oh, kind of noise. And he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but the third engine failed. And so we're running on only one engine, one of the one remaining engine on the flight. We're going to be delayed for three more hours. Sorry. Well, this one gentleman turns to the other gentleman in the first class and says, I sure hope that last engine works or we're going to be on this plane all night. Laughter <laughs> which, which if you if you look at it right it 's kind of positive thinking in a way, but, uh, but what I want to talk about is the idea that when we have a failure there 's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it should be part of our creative plan that we have failures literally when we 're on an endeavor that requires or invites creativity we should feel so free to generate new and innovative ideas that we actually plan on some of them not working out. Because if we only innovate on things that we know are going to be successful, we're running like on one engine. So let me use an example. Um, so one of the great marketing firms is uh, uh, is 3M the folks that have the Scotch tape and I mean they well gosh they have an amazing portfolio of products that you may not even know they have but one of their marketing teams their think tank that does marketing is known for its brainstorming and in particular it's known for setting things up that will fail as well as succeed. So when they have a new product and they're not sure how to market it, they're not sure exactly uh, its niche in the world or whatever, they will get together in a think tank and they will start pitching the craziest darn advertisements and commercials, just like one after the other, pitching them out. And most of them are terrible. In fact, they give monetary awards for the worst of them. Because even the worst of them generate more talking about the product and not only how it should be used, but how it shouldn't be used. And so they have commercials about Scotch Tape that... Do, that doesn't hold, and, and 3M wall things that dump wreaths down on Ken at Christmas time. And they, they do some of these, uh, and some of you who were here maybe even remember that one year, but, uh, but they do these kind of things on purpose with the idea of exploring truly all of the ideas around a subject because they know the more ideas they generate, even if they do some of them on purpose that are the wrong idea, they will come up with ideas that they wouldn't have before if it was just, well, this is just scotch tape, so it sticks things together. And I think that's it. <laughs> right? If you think about it, wh- where, would, where would the average person go with advertising something like scotch tape? It would be, well, like I can stick these two pieces of paper together and and I guess I could stick this one Two. right when we do things incrementally we're not really using our imagination we're not really using our creative power we're just taking the next step in a logical progression and so the idea of brainstorming the idea of storyboarding the idea of getting two ideas together that have been never been put together before these are the true places where creativity happens this is the idea of generating a bunch of different ideas, right? So that when some of the engines fail, you're still sailing. You're still sailing. So I attended a, a workshop a couple years ago that Kathy Ann Lewis, the senior minister up in Seattle, was putting on, and uh, and one little segment of it was about prosperity. And, uh, and so we had worked some things through on a workbook, and she did a sweet little lecture. And then she just challenged the heck out of, out of us. She said, all right, I'm passing out a piece of paper, and on this piece of paper were 20 blank lines. And she said, I want you to write down 20 new income streams for yourself. And you have, oh gosh, we're coming up on lunch. You have seven minutes. <laughs> and we were like staring at this blank page... And it wasn't something like, well, I could get a refund check from the government, right? This was supposed to represent 20 new and unique income streams. And I got to tell you, most of us, for the first five of the seven minutes, just sat there horrified, (laughs) like, well, where do we start? And then it dawned on me what she's really doing. This doesn't have anything to do about money at all. This is about creativity. This is simply about generating new ideas. And as soon as that hit me, it was like a breath of fresh air, right? Because revenue streams, some of them will be small streams. (laughs) Some of them will be the Columbia River. I don't need to worry about that part now. Now all I have to worry about, and it's not a worry, it's having fun generating some ideas. Of course, I could become a painter. I've never painted before, but why would I think I couldn't be? I remember writing down artist. I remember writing down author. Oh, and by the way, my book just went on sale at Amazon.com today. So, so it's like you write down a bunch of totally harebrained things, because it's okay. They all represent the possibility of moving forward in love, in light, in creativity, in joy. And the more you enjoy it, the more it's creativity really from your heart in that sense of something you want to do and where you feel your, uh, your natural instinct is to go. Oh my gosh. That's where God steps in and makes it happen. That's where it, it turns from a job into a livelihood that 's where it, it turns from something that you have to do into something that you can 't not do. Well, I have some homework for you today, and I think it might be a little challenging it 's a little bit along the lines of kathy Ann Lewis and the in fact, if you wanted to do her homework, I highly recommend it i got to tell you uh, so that was two years ago. I looked over my list three of them are making me money right now. Three things I had never in my wildest dreams thought of as income streams, three out of the 20 are making me money now. If I would not have taken that class, right? So you might take that on as a piece of homework. But let me do just a simpler, more everyday one. I'm sure all of you are going to be involved in some kind of an activity coming up where decisions have to be made, whether it's planning a trip, whether it's a a family reunion you want to plan, whether it's reorganizing your home or your office, whether it's maybe you're at work and there's some new policy coming in where it'll require you to adjust the way people interact with each other. I would like you to generate at least 10 ideas for how you might do it. Not just do one and hope for the best, but actually generate 10 different ideas for how you might rearrange the work, for how the vacation might go, for how you're going to approach your stubborn uncle that you've been estranged with. Not just one way, but 10 creative ways for approaching this issue or this problem. And then I want you to find someone that you trust who's not particularly involved in that particular issue and I want the two of you to talk about these different options just as though you were in that ad agency where I was talking about just as though maybe you were making little commercials for them so, so if your plan is to I don't know do a family reunion you know one of the ideas is we'll go to Disneyland and we'll stay at the on-site resort where luscious golf awaits you and you know try, you know, try them Try the ideas out on each other just as though you were building an advertising campaign. And then, and only then, begin making your decisions about what you really want to do. So you're going to pilot 10 different ways of doing it. You're going to talk about each one as though it's just the best possible thing that could happen. And then, and only then, you'll have some fun things for your heart to decide. Yeah, for it, I think we'll have a little fun with that. And worst comes to worst, you can always do Kathy Ann's twenty new income streams this coming year. So, so if or you could do that for extra credit, you could do them both. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close with one other idea. So, who here enjoys watching Saturday Night Live? Remember the weekend news update? So, so how long is that segment? That's like four minutes, five minutes, something like that, the weekend news update, right? So guess how many jokes are in the weekend news update? Well, it varies, of course, from week to week. Uh, actually, they're getting more jokes in these days because of the political climate. Uh, but they average between 12 and 15 jokes in that four-minute segment. Guess how many jokes the writers pitch to create... Four minutes of comedy. Every week over 800 jokes are pitched by the writers who will eventually choose 10 to 12 to go into the weekend news update. Ideas are where life is born. And the more ideas we generate without fear of failure, without uh, over-criticism, without any sort of censuring, the more different and crazy and fun and wild ideas we have for our lives, the more chances we are to choose something that really is going to be enduring and meaningful and beautiful and really resonate with our souls. I'm going to close with a final quote from uh, Creative Confidence here in a prayer. So this is uh, Tom Kelly speaking. He says, Whether your resources are abundant or scarce, embracing experimentation can help fuel the fires of innovation. Experiments, by their very definition, are expected to have a higher rate of failure. Not all ideas will be successful. But if if you recast the traditional idea of failure into a series of small experiments, some of which you know will go wrong, you can actually increase your chances of long term success. Let us pray. There's one power, one presence. One life, one love, just this one thing, and I call it God. And what I know about God is the source of all creativity. That the creativity that we enjoy, the creativity that we bring to our own lives, is, is that channel from the infinite storehouse of all good ideas that is God. And because of this, I know, it's a matter of keeping that channel open. It's not a difficulty it's about being open to just the deluge of marvelous, quirky, interesting ideas and ways of being and uh, thought patterns, just that creative milieu of, of all of life coming at us. And when, when I allow myself to be unfettered in that way, <sighs> the joy of creativity. As it is true for me, I know without question it's true for each person in this room, or it can be. Each person here can fearlessly put their creativity out there to, to do wondrous activities in the world. To to create a life and an environment that is so sweet and pleasant, to create relationships where where true love is born, to create jobs and uh, and activities where where all voices are heard and where participation is a delight. This is creativity at work, and this is the truth of each one of us as we participate in that full idea of creativity and for this I'm grateful for this I know that the world is here in all of its glory because of it I give thanks I let it be and together we say and so it is thank you so much for being here today we hope you enjoyed today's podcast If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts,